0: Do it. Welcome back to Confident as Buck. I am here with someone I'm really excited to speak with today. We are here with Sarah. I'm super excited because Sarah is a mentor, a speaker, a podcaster, and her mission is to get more wealth into the hands of more women. So I'm super excited to talk to her, not only about her business, but about wealth in general. So we're going to dive into all of it. So, everybody, welcome Sarah to the podcast. Welcome.
1: Yay. So excited to be here. And I know this conversation is going to be so juicy.
0: Yes, I'm super excited. I'll be on Sarah's podcast as well. So, um, I'll have the link to that podcast below her podcast. And then the, also the episode, whenever it comes out, I'll update, update that link for you guys. Um, so tell us who you are in your words and what is your podcast all about your business all about? Yeah.
1: Okay. So who am I? Um, My name is Sarah Rose D'Angelo and um, yeah, I'm a business mentor um, and I really specialize in money, wealth, and prosperity specifically for women. Um, I'm deeply passionate about this because women have been oppressed in their finances for so long. Um, We really only gained full financial autonomy in the 1980s and that's not a very long time ago. That's when a lot of us were born. Right. Um, and it's, uh, th- there's never been a time in history where women have been able to empower themselves in the way that they have and create wealth for the, themselves and, and the ability that we have, like living in our purpose and being ourselves. And when I saw the opportunity to help more women do this, after doing it for myself, I knew that I had to like Devote myself to doing this work, um, but prior, I've always been intimate with money. I think I it was kind of my destiny to be working with money and and women in some way. Um, so I was working at a financial institution since I was 19 years old. I didn't go to college. I did not have any degree. I just started working as a teller at a bank, and I just worked my way up that corporate ladder, um, building a really. I guess, curious relationship with money. And um, towards the end of my, I guess my lifeline at the corporate job, I just started to feel really disconnected from myself, my purpose, my health was deteriorating. And um, I had a whisper that there was something more to my life and I didn't really know what it was, but I was willing to explore it. So um, I quit my corporate job and landed here. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes, I love this. I love the corporate dropouts. I love the corporate dropouts because I'm like, yes, like I'm always cheering for somebody to just say like, I'm out of here. I'm doing my own thing. Um, You mentioned the 80s. That's the first thing I want to ask about is what happened in the 80s that really gave women that financial autonomy, as you call it.
1: Yeah, this is such a great question. And I think that a lot of women should know these dates. Um, I'm actually going to like pull up the specific dates just because I feel like they're really important to like know these actual dates. Um, And I don't have them completely memorized. So give me a second so I can just like pull these up. Um, But what, what I was speaking on with the 80s is that we didn't get access to fair credit lending for our businesses until the late eighties. Mm, okay. And what that means was men were more qualified to have credit were, were more qualified for money. Even your own son, like your, it, this again, in the eighties, your son that you gave life to was considered more qualified with money than you because you are a woman
0: fucking insane.
1: Isn't it wild? Like when I heard this stuff, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, this is why this work is so important and why I'm so passionate about helping women, you know, like I think everyone deserves to be wealthy, no matter your gender. Um, but specifically women it's, it's our time and we're going to do really, really good things with our wealth. Um, yeah, so I'm going to pull up that. the dates. Okay. Yes. Fact, <laughs> check. Fact check. <laughs> right. Okay. I think we're almost there.
0: Yeah. I love that you're diving into this work too, because it's so needed, like we said, um, or like you were saying it's so needed because I feel like just as I've grown older and, grown in my relationship and my marriage and our money situation. Um, I notice as I talk to other women, not only who are married, but are single or in a, um, committed relationship for a while, everybody's dealing with money and the way they separate money or the way they combine money or talk about money. It's so different. Everyone is so varied. Um, and it's, it's crazy to see that, you know, and, um, a lot, I see a lot of my friends not want to deal with money and then come into that. Like, okay, I have to deal with this type of thing. And I think it's really empowering. So yeah. Tell us the dates. Tell us.
1: All right. Dates. Write these down. These are important. Okay. <laughs> 1974. This is when the Equal Credit Opportunity Act was passed. And this basically gave women the right to have their own bank account, their own credit cards, their own lines of credit. Yes. 1974?
0: 1974.
1: Hmm. Wow. Yep. Before that, they had to have a male co- co-signer. Nineteen. 19- if you're single, yeah, <laughs> or divorced, it I was your dad. Whoa. Well, that that was the thing too. It's like you're financially reliant, and this is why a lot of women got stuck in like really bad right. situations and relationships because it was if they couldn't leave, right? What were they going to do financially? Um, and then it was 1987 when this one's big, the pregnancy discrimination act was passed. So before 19, um, yeah, 1987, a lot of women would get fired or let go from their job when they were found when they found out they were pregnant, leaving them reliant on other people financially. Okay. And then
0: wow. that yeah. one is like really impactful. It's like I knew about that uh law or yeah. act, I guess that you couldn't fire someone who's pregnant, but I didn't know when it came into effect. So 1987. So wow. That is really, really crazy. Because if you think about that, yeah. Like why you, if you do fire someone who's pregnant, then yeah, you are very, very reliant. Wow. Insane. Sorry. That is like blowing my mind. It's,
1: It's crazy. Like when I found out these dates, I was like, this is like yesterday. Like, why is nobody talking about this? Um, and then the, the last one I'll share is 1988 when, um, the business, the women's business ownership act was allowed women to, um, open their, like get their own loans to
0: start their own businesses. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty insane. Wow, Yeah. I really am speechless about that because I'm like, that is like you said, it's like yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And I mean,
1: it speaks volumes to why a lot of women still to this day are disempowered in their finances and don't trust themselves to create wealth or trust themselves to hold overflow or manage their money. Um, or on the other side of that too, they have this really like anxious attachment style where they are afraid to not have control over their money, or they're not willing to play in like the illogical amounts of money because they've never experienced it before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so true. Like you were saying, like both ends of the spectrum where you have like, don't want to even think about money, which I've definitely been in that mindset before in a relationship, or I've also been on the other side of the mindset where I'm like, nope, this is mine and we are not mixing and I'm controlling everything. Yeah. And it's just, just like with everything, I feel like I say this every podcast, but just like with everything, it's usually somewhere in the middle is where we'll find that balance and that peace. And most- um, clear mindset, but getting there definitely, definitely a struggle, um, and a breaking down of barriers. I feel like it's very synonymous to like diet culture, right. Yeah. Of like breaking those down, those things that we've been told or, um, shown in the media for years, yes. years. That's a lot of unlearning. Yeah. Well, our whole life basically. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> um, you describe yourself and you've talked about it now on the podcast as well, talked about being a corporate dropout who teaches women to ignite new levels and you use four P words, right? So you use prosperity, pleasure, passion, and purpose through mm-hmm. business. So can you kind of sum that up for us and tell us where, did, where did that even come from? All those four words and what do those really mean to you and your business and your clients?
1: Yeah. And I'm actually going to harness them in a little bit more um, because as my work refines, it's easier to explain it in three categories, which is power, prosperity, and purpose. Mm. Um, And the pleasure piece of that, I'll just speak on the pleasure piece real quick, really came from, so when I first launched my podcast, it was called Pleasurable Success. And it was just all about actually living a fulfilling life and not letting success like the path to success be just the amount of money you had or just amount of accolades or achievements but like how good you feel right like letting that. that be a measure of your success um and then the power right like living in your power and not outsourcing it um I know for me personally I outsource my power all the time I I used Men to validate me, money to validate me, families, seeking families approval, people pleasing, like always giving away my power. And when I realized that I was doing that, the awareness of it changed everything, right? Like, oh, I'm really outsourcing everything here. And what would happen if I pulled my energy in and became confident as fuck? just by myself, not having to seek other people to make me feel good, make me feel validated or confident, but what would it feel like to walk into rooms with the full belief that God sent me there? Like that type of confidence. Um, and so that's where the power piece came from and then prosperity, right? Like I deeply believe that your prosperity is service to the world. So the more you can live in your prosperity and your wealth and your abundance, like the more you're healing the world, not just yours, but everyone's sure. And then um and then the uh purpose piece, right? like living in your purpose, living a life that actually lights you up inside like waking up. I know this is so like simple, but one of my one of my things that I devote myself to is like my coffee ritual, right like making sure that every morning my coffee or tea or matcha or cacao, whatever I'm drinking, tastes like freaking magic, right? Because it's the simple moments that make you feel the most alive um, while also being in pursuit of a big life. You know, what would it look like to leave a legacy? What would it look like to impact thousands of women? Um, And that's obviously just my purpose. Like your purpose can be totally different, but yeah.
0: How do we start to find that purpose? Because that's what I feel like most women who are probably listening to this podcast either already have a business Mm -hmm. um, and they're thriving in that business or they're building it or they want to either Mm -hmm. have a business or live more in their purpose overall, even if it's not owning their own business. So how do we go about finding what our purpose is? If we're like, I literally have no idea. I've been a mom for 10 years and I, or I've been married and now I'm divorced or that kind of any type of situation where you're like, I have, I really don't know where to start.
1: Yeah. I have a few places that you could start. And the first one is actually something to stop doing, which is um, consuming and being influenced by other people's purposes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That was a big one for me because I started this journey. So in my purpose, but then I saw what everyone else was doing and I was like, Oh, maybe that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe that's what I'm supposed to look like. Maybe that's what I'm supposed to act like. And it really steered me off course of what I was actually meant to be doing. So, um, eliminate the distractions. And, um, one of my favorite practices is meditation or visualization or something in the body as well. And, when you quiet the noise of the distractions and you're able to listen to like, I think it's um, Robin Sharma who says this, but listen to the whispers of your soul. You're able to actually hear what you're being called to do. And then the next step of that is you've got to move forward. You've got to take one little action and remember that we don't do big things. Like if your purpose is really, really big, that's awesome. but you're not going to make it happen in one single day or in one single act. It's a compound effect. So just take one single action towards that, that purpose, that legacy every single day. And then it'll happen. It'll transpire and it will unfold. Um, but you can't expect it to just like, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then, I love like, both of those. Yeah, I guess I'll add one little thing too, is like just sure. try different shit.
0: Yes. That too.
1: <laughs> like yeah. follow the things that you enjoy.
0: Yeah. I mean, how many careers have we been like, oh, I think I will like to do this? And then you do it or you work in that industry and you're like, um, I hate this. Yeah. Or this is not for me or whatever. Um, I want to go back to what you said first, which was before taking action, right? Which was quieting the noise.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And either doing like meditation or some type of, um, way to get in to yourself. So how would you advise a client who is like, okay, I have, you know, three kids all under 10. Um, I'm working two jobs. I'm doing all the things right. Overloaded. Yeah. Right. And, what I find and what I definitely experienced myself when I went into trying to figure out like what are these whispers going back to like basics and why I started doing anything on social media. Um, I felt like there was so much noise. Mm-hmm. How do we start to quiet that noise by taking like one small action? What does that look like?
1: Um, By taking one small action and quieting the noise. I think that it, it begins with like really healthy boundaries because you you mentioned the the piece around like having kids and having jobs and like having all these distractions, having all these things take away from like you in, in some way. Um, and this is really hard, but you've got to devote to yourself. And sometimes taking five minutes away from the kids, taking five minutes before you get on that zoom call for your job or whatever it is, like that could change the game. That could be the first thing to like discovering, Your bigger purpose in this world, and it really can take five minutes. You know, like sometimes it takes longer, and sometimes you sit there for five minutes and you're like, "Okay, I I got nothing," and like that's fine. But I think it's devotion to self. Yeah, like I have this boundary that I have to devote to myself, and it's not selfish, and it's not taking away from anyone else. It's being of service to you and being service to the world. Um. I think, I think that's a great place to start.
0: Yeah, totally agree. I always feel like I have more ideas, more visions, more everything that matters and less of the noise when I'm in physical activity yeah. because I'm like headphones. I'm not like, I used to be a listen to podcasts, listen to an audiobook while I'm working out. And I still do that sometimes, but I had to like go into this place where I was like, I'm putting on music and I'm going to work out. And my brain would be like firing with ideas, firing. So I feel like that and ideas, I mean, ideas of creative ideas, like ideas for my business, how to implement things that I've been like, we were just talking before we started recording that I was like, I had all these things that were rolling around in my brain. And as soon as I sit down with the pen, it's like, poof, they're gone. Right. But I think physical activity for me, or meditation, anything. I always feel like physical activity is some type of meditation. So that's what I'm getting at is that meditation, being alone, getting quiet with yourself, physical activity, whatever your um, modality is to get alone with your thoughts. I would,
1: I would love to speak on that physical activity piece. Go ahead. This is actually huge in my work in all aspects um, because one, like it makes you feel good too. It does give you a lot of mental clarity. Um, and it also like, when you are in that state of like pushing yourself physically, um, you're building a tolerance for hard things in Keep on it. Yeah. <laughs> on it. Yeah. You're building that tolerance physically, but you're also doing that emotionally, mentally, um, and so you can take that, that tolerance that you're raising and pushing your edge, dancing along your edge to the amount of money you're able to hold or the amount of love you're able to hold or how big you're willing to play it. Um, so it's like just doing that, that extra that excerpt of energy and like, what am I really capable of? Like you're proving, you're like creating a new relationship with how capable you
0: are. Yes. I love that. I love that so much. After I went back to being really in the gym and pushing that boundary with myself after I cleared out, like I said, I cleared out a lot of like, um, old views and beliefs and old, uh, attachments to working out, um, and my body, man, like it is so true, like getting uncomfortable and getting comfortable with continuously being uncomfortable so fucking good for your mind. Like, I wish I could take that and like bottle it and show people the end result and be like, this is all you have to do. Like, this is all you have to do is like, get uncomfortable, get comfortable yeah. with being uncomfortable. Yeah. I see? wish I could like explain that. So like really clearly so someone could just see it.
1: No. And it's, it's hard. It's hard to like put yourself in uncomfortable situations, but when you understand like what's on the other side of it of your own personal growth, oh my God. It's like, you crave it after that. <laughs> yeah. And it builds confidence, you know, like it does not, not only does it build your tolerance, but like even just the commitment of like, Hey, I'm going to go do this thing. And you go do that thing, or I'm going to do one more. And you do that one more,
0: you continuously m- create self-trust. For sure. Yeah. I think it, it is hard to it- explain and show, but once you start doing it, it does, it compounds like you were, we were saying earlier, but, um, I don't know if you listen to like David Goggins and that, um, his book. Okay. Obsessed. I I was
1: like, but I know I I do follow him.
0: (laughs) That's his whole, um, like reason for pushing that way. He explains it really well in the book. I've referenced this book and his, he has a new book out as well, but I've referenced that book a thousand times on the podcast. So you guys know it's linked for you guys, but really, really good in showing how that actually works. Um, and seeing like, Oh, this is why he continues to do like these crazy things is because he's pushing his himself, his mind and his body. Um, I want to talk about you talk about being that woman mm-hmm. and having like that woman energy. Yeah. And I speak about this in my programs, a lot of um, being her before we are actually her. So can you tell us what you mean by that woman and explain how we can actually like embody her before we're her?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. So my, my brand is the embodied woman and it all it is all about being her now. And I'm going to actually tell a story because I feel like that'll paint the picture better. Um, when I had first started my business, I was working with a mentor and I really, really looked up to her. Um, I saw her doing the things that I aspired to do, not only in business, but also in life. Like I saw her community and I saw her, um, her going to yoga classes and going to juice shops and working at juice shops and coffee shops. And I was just like, I crave this. And I always say like behind jealousy is desire, right? Like if you're feeling any sort of jealousy, it's because you probably feel like you want that for yourself. Um, and I, and I was very aware that I, I was experiencing this jealousy, but from a place of desire, like, damn, I, I would love to create this for myself, but I felt like I, it felt like it wasn't her yet right? I I, I felt like I had to follow all these different steps and like, I had to be making this much money and I had to have a house that looked like this. And I had to live in a place like this. And again, outsourcing my power, right? Waiting for my circumstances to change me versus me change my circumstances. And that's when I started to create what was first the embodied coach. That was the originating of my brand um, it, it transformed into the embodied woman. Cause it wasn't just about coaching. It was about being that woman. And I started to play with this in every corner, like in every single move that I made, I would ask myself, what would she do? and i'm talking like to cleaning my room to putting away the laundry to going to the gym to drinking the water all the way to um selling on social media to um like everything it was top of mind of what would she do and then all of a sudden i started to realize that my life my circumstances had now started to change i found the community. I was going to juice shops and working, and you know, signing clients from coffee shops. I, I was doing all the, the things that I once prayed for. I once wished for, and it well, it took me just choosing to show up as her. And even in the moments that I didn't, this is the catch in the moments that I didn't show up like her a lot of people can go into this spiral. Oh my God. Like I didn't go, I didn't go to the gym. And like, I'm now I'm just like, I feel all this guilt and all this shame, or I I didn't, you know, uh, make this much money this month. And now I feel so sad and not enough. And then I started to ask myself in those moments when I didn't feel like her, how would she treat herself? And it wasn't with shame or guilt It was with love and compassion and a little fire under the ass. Like, okay, now let's fucking change it. Like, let's let's do something different then, right? So that's where it kind of stemmed from. And um, when I started to do this more and more and more, everything started to change. And now I I referenced this earlier. This is something that I have. I, I do a keynote on, but like walking into rooms like God sent you there. Right. Like, if I was a woman who's so confident in herself and believed in herself fully and had an open heart, how would she walk? Would she stand a little taller? Would she have a smile on her face? How would she be dressed? How would she, you know, move? How would she treat people? How would she treat herself? <laughs> like, I just started to be her and make decisions from that place. And when you make decisions from the place of being her now, there's no disconnect.
0: Yeah. There's there's no more trying to become her. You just are her. Yeah. Just like you referenced with the, um, earlier, I forget what you exactly were referencing, but we were talking about, you think it's just going to like come Mm -hmm. like one day we're just, we have this big vision is what we were talking about. Right. This big vision. And one day, like we're just going to be able to create it. Um, it's the same, right? Like we don't just go. And then we're, we are, just decide one day, like, all right, now I'm dressing better. And now I'm drinking green juices. And now I'm going to go to the coffee shop because we're waiting on external factors to validate that. That doesn't happen. (laughs) Like we start doing those things and then they start compounding, just like we were talking about too. They start compounding. And then one day we're like, oh shit. Like I, I am that bitch. Like I am her and I created her. So it's like, Almost a huge sense of responsibility, like extreme ownership, where we're taking, like, okay, so who I am right now is a product of all these compound decisions that we're making from a different mindset. And so all we have to do is like keep referencing that mindset that we want to have or that person that we want to be or whatever it is for you that you can like tap into to actually create the person or the life or the business that you truly want and desire. Yeah. Yeah. You've
1: got to choose her. Um, Life is a series of decisions. And what I'll speak to as well is like, there is a little bit of a grieving process because who you are right now, like you know who she is and you're grateful for who she is. Like she got you to where you are right now, but is she gonna take you where you're going? Is, is there going to have to be another evolution of you who plays bigger, who um, expands herself, who commits even deeper? Like the version of you right now might not be the version of you that you need to become to get to that next level in your life. And it's not easy to let go, but once you do, like you'll start to realize just how good life
0: can get. Yes. Yes. That old self or the self that we're in now it's like she wants to creep back in so badly sometimes. Yeah. I see that a lot. Um, but I think it goes back to self, um, like going back to self and, and reflecting self-reflection and like looking at that and taking time to quiet the noise, like you said. Um, because I feel that sometimes when I'm like, we're, um, Renee and I are having a lot of like family stuff going on right now. And so sometimes family members will call. Right. And I start, I, this happened last week where I was talking to family and I started feeling myself like getting in this, like almost like negative, like, yeah, that's so frustrating or yeah, this can be so annoying or that's sad or whatever. Right. Words that when I'm talking to my husband, um, we're not really using that language anymore. Like we're in a different mindset. So then I th- realize after I'm like, I feel like shit today. Like, I feel like shit. I don't want to work. I don't want to do the things that I normally want to do. I don't want to work out. I don't want to do my things. And um, I had to be like, okay, I see. I have to put up boundaries. Like you said, I have to put up some boundaries. I have to cut these conversations a little bit shorter. And then I also have to change the way that I speak. So it wasn't about somebody else's energy, like seeping into me. It was more like, okay, I need to protect my own energy and change the energy of the conversation when I'm in it.
1: Yeah something that, um, I was speaking to my clients about this morning, specifically in relationship to money, but this applies to every corner of your life, but, um, you get what you tolerate, you know, and if you're tolerating, um, people who cross boundaries, like it's not on them, it's on you. And that goes back to the extreme ownership that you were talking about. Right. Um, if you, reacted from a place of uh, lack and, you know, negative emotion versus a place of compassion and heart centeredness or, you know, whatever it's like, yeah, be, be naked with your truth and, and take responsibility and like, stop tolerating the shit that doesn't serve you anymore.
0: How would you, can you speak on that with money? Like you get what you tolerate.
1: Yeah. So I always use the analogy with money as like romantic relationships. So I think a lot of the time um, a woman's relationship with men reflect their relationship with money. Um, For example, like money validated me. I um, always felt like I wasn't enough or worthy. I, um, always wanted more. Like I was like, okay, the the more I have, the more control I have. So I'd always seek that sense of control. It was like all interconnected. I was like, what the hell? This is the same way I show up in relationships. How is this? How have I never realized this? Um, and so what I mean by that is like, look at what you're tolerating. Just take your relationship. For example, are you tolerating inconsistency? Are you tolerating disrespect? Are you tolerating, um, like non people who aren't like fully in, right. The non-committal people. And what are you tolerating in your money? Are you tolerating just enough? Are you tolerating um, paycheck to paycheck? Are you tolerating inconsistency? Um, Are you tolerating super high highs and super low lows? Um, Like you've got to ask yourself what you're available for. and stop tolerating things that aren't actually serving your
0: finances and your life in general. How do we stop tolerating those things? Like what does that look like as far as money? I know in relationships it can look like boundaries or, you know, leaving the relationship or searching for a different, you know, looking for different aspects in a different partner. But how can we do that with money? Like how do we stop tolerating using more than what we want or having less than what we desire? Yeah. So I always recommend
1: personifying money because it is a relationship that you're in, whether it's a healthy one or not healthy one or toxic, whatever. Um you're in relationship with it. So if you're in relationship with it and you start to personify it, you can start to communicate with it and build a better relationship. Right. So like the best practice is write a letter to money and from money. And communicate like what you're no longer available for, what your new boundaries are, your new standards and expectations. And just by you putting that on paper, right? Like you're claiming a new narrative, you're changing your financial destiny because you're no longer accepting anything less. Now, obviously money isn't someone who can necessarily speak back, right? But if they could, What would they say to you? How have you shown up in relationship to money? Have you been over controlling? Have you been avoidant? Have you um, been needy? Have you been ungrateful or unappreciative, right? Like just ask yourself how you've showed up in relationship to money. And that's where your, your actual work is, is changing how you show up in relationship with it. And when you change how you show up, money responds to you.
0: That is really, really powerful, because as you're saying it, I'm running through like my own relationship with money, right? And I'm like, wow, it's really really, really telling, like you said, like thinking of it as it we were talking back to you. I urge you guys who are listening to this podcast, please do that. Yeah. Um, if you're not already doing it already in your head while mm-hmm. you're listening to this, I would urge you to do it on paper, like she said. I think that could be very, very insightful. It is.
1: And yeah. I don't just do it once either. This is a monthly practice that I do um, of just writing a love letter to and from money. And um, it gives me space to like vent. It gives me space to ask. It gives me space to flirt, you know, like you mm-hmm. can flirt with the money. Like, I know you want me like I'm the prize here. Like I will give you the best life. I will do such good things with you. Um, I'll let you support me, right? Kind of flipping the script on Mm. your relationship with money instead of thinking that money's the prize, like you're the prize. Stop giving your power away to money.
0: That is really, really good. I like that one a lot. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, this happens every single podcast. I literally, I tell the person, so what you guys don't hear before the podcast starts is I tell the person the outline and then I literally throw away the fucking outline as I go through the podcast. Cause I'm so engulfed in the combos. this happens every time. So let me go back that. to, um, do you have something you did this week that made you feel confident?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, and <laughs> I guess it goes back to, um, just how I've been able to think outside of the box in my business. Um, I created a a new, like literally brand new, never before seen offer that really, really pushed my edge um, financially, but also like a lot of imposter syndrome. Like, oh my God, like, would people actually pay me for this? Like, a lot of fears, a lot of limiting beliefs. Um, And I sat with it and I said, these are all valid. And like, what would she do? And she believes that people would absolutely love to do this. And she believes that it's a no-brainer price. And she believes that um, like people are going to sign up with ease. And, and I, I just decided to choose that. And um, it's really exciting. And choosing that, I got the results. And it just blows my mind every single time. Right. Isn't like, <laughs> yeah. Because think about if I would have like let the fear control it. Yep. I wouldn't have gotten what I wanted or I wouldn't have been able to serve people in this way. So yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah it still blows my mind every single time I'm able to like shift something so big like that. Yeah. And then like it comes to fruition. You're like, whoa, okay. Like I know that I teach on this, but I mean, fuck, it's they're like so awesome when it happens.
1: It, it is so
0: awesome. Um, yes. yeah, that's where I felt most confident this week. That's awesome. I love that. Um, do you have a weekly fave? Do you have something you're loving this week? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: I'm just going to use this as an example. This has been probably like my, my lifesaver for the past three weeks since I got it, but this is a water bottle from, um, Oh my God. Who is it from? Who is it from? I'm not uh, inside then out. And it has, first of all, it's beautiful. You guys can't see it listening, but if you watch the video and it has like the time stamps and so helpful, super lightweight and I'm doing 75 hard. Nice. Uh, so like do drinking four of these every day and having those trackers has been such a lifesaver. So that's definitely a favorite of mine. I also have another one. It's actually a person. Um, So I am actually in the process right now of of launching my conference, my first ever in-person conference. And um, I was podcasting yesterday with one of the speakers. Her name is Alexandria Reed, and she is just a phenomenal woman. And she inspires me so much with what she's doing and her purpose and her passion for life. And she calls herself an insatiable woman. And she really just like, feels like that. And oh, I just loved her energy so much. So Alexandria Reed is another big inspiration for me right now.
0: I love that your favorite is a person. I love that so much. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have both of those linked for you guys down below. Um, And I also, since you brought it up too, I also wanted to ask you about your conference. And it's in Denver, correct? Yep. Denver. Are you also
1: in Denver too? I'm I'm just south of Denver, but I'm in Colorado.
0: Yep. Okay. Okay. So tell us all about it because this is something that I see happening a lot more in 2023 is yeah. being more in person, creating that community, which I know you have huge, um, for your, your community is big on that and you're building that in the conference. Um, so tell us all about the conference. Cause I want to know more.
1: Yeah. So, um, embodied live is the name it's happening April 1st and April 2nd, and it's for, um, women and and leaders who want to rise into their power, prosperity, and purpose. Um, And this came about, I shall tell a quick story about it. Um, I had like major, major public speaking fears Um, back when I was in corporate, I think I was 22, 23 years old. And um, I had my first public speaking experience and my voice started to completely shake and I lost my breath and it was a horrible experience. And then back in July, 2022, I had this visual again, kind of going back to what we were saying earlier, blocking out the noise. I had this download of me standing on stage speaking and everything in my body was like, oh my God, this is what you're supposed to be doing. But my mind was like, bitch, you are crazy. You suck at public speaking. Like, what are you doing? Um, But my soul knew And I've been in the game long enough to know that when I get such vivid visuals like that, it was, it's because I'm meant to do it. Um, But I didn't know of any stages to speak on at the time. So I decided to build my own, which became Embodied Live. And um, I'm so excited for it. The theme is all about um, really pushing your edge and knowing that your purpose that that thing is your purpose and not letting anything stop you um and so it's for the women who really do want to play big in their lives and want want more out of their lives whether it's in their power or prosperity or purpose um and who are ready to dance along their edge and grow like crazy and not let anything stop them
0: i love it i love it so it's 2 days mm-hmm. and so people if they're coming from out of state um are they staying at a venue or is it just during the day is it all 20 or 48 hours
1: so there is um it's at la meridian downtown denver it's a really stunning hotel there's a room block if you want with discounted with discounted room rates if you want to get take advantage of that um and it's 9 a.m to 5 p.m each day with the second day, um, there's it's a little bit of an interesting setup. We're gonna have a little workout in the morning, right? Some physical activity to push our edge. Then you're gonna go get changed, come back dressed as your next level self, whatever that means for you. Um, we'll spend the whole day together, and then at from four to five p.m. you're gonna have for if you're in the VIP you'll have access to a um, after party. And the after party is just going to be for celebration and, and connections and there'll be some champagne and there'll be cake and um, charcuterie, all of the fun stuff.
0: I love that. Oh my God, That sounds really, really fun. Yeah. I'm like, I love that you talk about like pushing your edge. Mm-hmm. And so what does that look for look like for someone who is like already doing the things like doing their own business or expanding in a new way. And they're like, I don't know, like, I don't, do I need to push my edge? Like what, what, what does that look like for me? You know, like someone who already is in this practice and doing things that are out of their comfort zone sometimes, what does that edge and pushing it really look like for them?
1: Yeah. I think that it's, it's very subjective and only that person can know what that thing is. I always say, like, what's the thing that makes you feel feel scared and excited? Right. That sweet spot. Um, and so that could be like, for example, this past year, an edge for uh, an edge for me was um traveling first class to Europe by myself and traveling all all around the world, I mean, all around Europe at least, um, by myself. Like that was a big edge for me. And afterwards, like, holy shit. I was like, I can do anything um so it could be something like that maybe it is like going to a conference and flying by yourself and meeting a whole new world of people um maybe it's more something like like an edge could be peace right if you or you're someone who's lived in survival mode your whole life maybe feeling at peace and feeling calm is an edge for you so starting to play in that um, yeah it could really be anything
0: yeah. That's a good one. The last one, like, um, finding peace. That's definitely like, I feel like for a lot, a lot of people that was definitely for me, like, well, what does that even look like? Like what am I doing day to day? I don't even know what that feels like. It's very, very, like you said, subjective for every different person, what the edge looks like. So I love that you explained that. Thank you. Um, because I feel like a lot of times we can be in this online space and doing all the things and self-growth and all the things. And then it can feel like, well, I already am doing all those things. Like I already am working on myself. I already am growing. So Mm -hmm. how can I expand even more? Like, what do I need to, you know, I definitely sit on that line sometimes too. So I love, I like that how you explain that.
1: Well, I think too, that like, You know, something that every single day I do is read, journal, meditate like first thing in the morning. And when I first started to do that, that was an edge for me. Like, I hadn't read a book since high school, probably middle school, because I sparked out at everything. Like, I had never meditated in my life. I, you know, journaling, like, oh, I, I never did any of that. So when I first started doing it, it was an edge. Now it's my norm. Like, I don't, it's just habitual. It's like, of course I do those things. And th- that's still working on myself, but it's not an edge anymore. So I think that it's also important to differentiate like growing and, and evolving and also dancing along that edge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Like those edges become part of our normal day to day, like you said, yeah. and that's so beautiful because that means that we can expand way beyond what we can even almost conceptualize right now.
1: Yeah. It's so fun. I think about that with, with money, right? Like I know when I first started my business, my edge was like $3,000 a month. I was like $3,000 a month, like, Holy shit. Like that would be amazing. And, and then I got it normalized. I became safe with it. And so I met a new edge of 5,000. And then I was like, Oh, now my perception of 5,000 is like, my, my bare minimum. Right. And then it was 20 and then it was 40,000. Right. Like it just kept growing. And I started to expand my edge with money and prove and and show myself that I'm capable of holding even more. So it gets me excited to just be like, what's next.
0: Yeah. 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 That's a common question that Renee and I, my husband and I keep asking ourselves when like hard situations are arising or, you know, something we're going through something and we're growing through it together. And then we're like, wow, like, can you imagine what this is preparing us for? That is yeah. such a fun way to look at things.
1: Yep. Oh, it's that like, this is happening
0: for me, not to me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. So you have your conference, but mm-hmm. you also have another offer right now as well mm-hmm. Um, your digital money course. So if someone's like, okay, I can't go to the conference, I can't do that yet, but I still want to know more about. Money, expanding, all those different things. Yeah. That course is for them. Is that correct?
1: Correct. Yeah. It's it's called Prosper Rebel Wealth Codes for the Modern Day Woman, and um, this is a self paced course, very low ticket. And um, my intention with it was to equip as many women as I possibly could with the tools to change their financial destiny. So inside of Prosper, there's um, mindset there's money manifestation there's um money management and then there's the fun stuff which which kind of comes with like the the rebellion piece of this of like wealth and overflow like as a woman your wealth is a sacred rebellion and when we talk when I teach you about holding more and, and training yourself to like identify as a wealthy woman like your life will forever change. So it's an all inclusive, um, all inclusive approach to taking back your power and healing your money wounds and um, starting to create some overflow in your life.
0: That's a word that's been going around a lot. Overflow. Mm-hmm. So can you kind of explain that for anyone who doesn't know what you mean when you say overflow?
1: Yeah, yeah. So a lot of women. This was the case for me, and it, this is very generational. Like all the women in my family always lived with just enough, right? Like somehow just enough to get by just enough to pay their bills, just enough to put food on their table. Um, and I didn't want to live that way. And I know a lot of people don't want to live that way. Like it's stressful, it's tiring, it's exhausting. It's, it's it's just not how we're supposed to or meant to live. Um, overflow is our birthright Overflow is our natural state of being. And what, I mean, that could look like anything, but for, for me and my finances, it looks like I don't have to bat an eye at paying all my bills, investing in myself, um, indulging in myself, giving to other people, um saving, building a retirement. Like I, I'm able to do all of it and feel safe and still have some left over. Um, that's what overflow feels like it financially. Um, but I feel like overflow can apply to like every corner of
0: life. For sure it can. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for defining that because I think, like I said, it's been going around a lot, at least in the um coaching world that I see online. I've been seeing that term a lot. And um it was really interesting i the first time i ever really conceptualized that idea and really understood what it meant um because we always do this we think like well that's amazing for this person but here's my situation and mine is totally different and um i was in a coaching container one of the girls shared in there that um she had this great job um that she have made a decent amount of money for her age. And she said that she had a lot of money coming in. And Mm -hmm. she said that sometimes I pay all my bills, I do all my stuff, and then I calculate what I can spend and what I can buy with that money almost down to the last cent. And I do it almost every single month. And when she said that, I was like, holy shit. Like that is literally like, Hearing someone describe it, I was like, that's insane. Like, why would you do that? Like, if you have all this money, right? Then I started to reflect back and I'm like, we all kind of do that, right? We all have this like running list of the things that we desire and want and need. And we every single month, we probably run through that list and we think, like, okay, what can I get this month? And here's what I have to allocate to savings. And we compartmentalize it and categorize it in our mind. And then we do it again the next month. And how fucking exhausting is that? Yeah. Yeah. And when I realized that, I'm like, okay, I see now. It made me also understand overflow and why that's so important. So um, I want to do a little rapid fire. That's how I'm ending Ooh. out some of the podcasts. I, I ended love rapid in. fires. But um, okay. So we're going to go to the rapid fire portion. So I always start with what is your favorite food? Thai food Pad Thai yes I love Thai food too so good um what are you currently reading
1: um inspiration by Dr Wayne Dyer
0: love okay so I'll have that linked for you guys down below as well and then I also want to ask you a follow-up to this one if someone is new into this world of overflow money self-growth can you give me two books that they have to read Secrets of
1: a Millionaire Mind and um as book there's another great one
0: love her love her um she definitely is that book is very easy to read by the way I've referenced that on the podcast as well but I'll have all three of those linked for you guys down below um or in the show notes uh if you're going to the movies what candy do you bring
1: <clears throat> oh my god um I'm more of like a uh Candy popcorn, not kettle corn. I would mm. it's not candy, but I kettle corn.
0: Kettle corn, love that. Yeah. Do we go to the movies anymore? Do you go to the movies?
1: I went to the movies to watch Elvis because I'm obsessed with Elvis. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I went twice. I took my boyfriend to go see it with me, and then my I blew my dad into town, and I took him to go see it because he's a fan too.
0: I love that. Yeah, my grandma's obsessed with Elvis, so anytime I see anything Elvis, I always think of her. Yes. Yeah. Was the movie good? It rating. So it's
1: great. Austin Butler crushed it and he is now my new celebrity crush.
0: <laughs> Love that. Love that. Um if you were not doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing?
1: Um I would be a real estate agent. Mm. And because I feel like it's still an opportunity to get wealth into the hands of women.
0: Yes, and empowering, right? Having women buy their first home, yeah, yeah, huge. So you would be a woman like a woman, um. Ish. yes, thank you. <laughs> the word was coming directed. and but yes, so you would be a woman's real estate agent. Love that. Um, honestly,
1: I might just do that. Like that's been a goal of mine for a while. and i I have the course for my real estate license, and I just haven't done it, but I might prioritize that this year,
0: yeah, that would be amazing. Renee and I, husband and I were talking this morning about, um, some different areas of his business, like different areas we could go into. And I was thinking about how many areas in his business there are. And like, you know, 10 to 15 that we rattled off just here in the living room that are unexplored for us yet. Right. And I was thinking like, wow, it put it into perspective to me too, that almost every industry is like that, or even niche is like that, where you have so many different ways that we can go into business and we can expand our business and our, just our whole brand. And it's just like, when you think about it and how big it is and how many opportunities there are out there, it gets really, really exciting. So I say, go for it, add it to your brand.
1: I love it. Yep. And I mean, like I'm buying my first house this year as a, you know, single, I'm in a relationship, but as a single woman, I'm buying my own home. Um, and there's just nothing more empowering. So like, why not add it to the suite of
0: services? (laughs) Yeah. Right. I love that. And then last question is what's your best Amazon purchase of this month? Um,
1: my, um, journals for the conference.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Did you get them custom or
1: um, no, they're not like super custom. They're pretty basic, but every single thing I haven't bought a lot on Amazon lately, but every single thing that I buy for the conference is exciting. <laughs> like I bought a random piece of white leather, like white fo- Fox Fox. Is that how you say it? Faux. thank you. Um, faux leather, just so I can like make this big thing, like a um, piece of plywood that says like made for this. And like, I'm so excited about that. And I bought mugs that say embodied woman, like, saw those on your Instagram. thing. yeah, I'm just so excited. So I was like Amazon journals. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like when you're in that mode of creating and everything in your Amazon cart or in your like, that's getting shipped to you is all having to do with this new creative project. And like, uh, yes, it gets so exciting. I love that energy. I love it. Yes. Okay. Well, they want to say thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing with us all the amazing, amazing knowledge that you have. I'm going to have everything for her linked down in the show notes for you guys or over on Instagram as well. So you can follow there at confident AF podcast on Instagram. Make sure you guys follow Sarah. Thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. This is so fun.
0: Yes. And I'll be over on her podcast as well. So you guys can go check that out. Thank you guys so much. I hope you guys. I hope you guys have a great week and until next week, I will see you next week.